Hi, everyone. It's West Virginia Talk. This is our, what is this, our 10th episode? Um, I think it's 10. It's 9 or 10, one of the, one of the two. I'm pretty sure. Uh, this week, it's going to be all about West Virginia University basketball. And we're a little late because well, we're one are. game in, but let's face it, basketball doesn't really start till you play somebody, and tonight is the first night that we'll see that happen with the University of Pittsburgh. Right, right, right. Yeah, they played Oakland Tuesday, won that game barely. <laughs> yeah, well, it was atrocious. The first half was absolutely atrocious play. It looked like we were a Pop Warner team out there. Uh, first time trying to make a basketball pass. First half. Yeah. First half was pretty bad. Um, but uh, they held on to win and beat the Oakland Golden Grizzlies out of Michigan. It took me forever to figure out what their mascot was. The Golden <laughs> Grizzlies. Well, there's so many Oaklands in the country. You're like, who's Oakland? Now, I know there's an Oakland, California. I know there's an Oakland, PA. But that's where the University of Pittsburgh campus is, Oakland. So couldn't have been them. So, yeah, I had to do a little research to find out where they're from. But they're in a conference that uh, has some familiar teams in it. Uh, Just Oakland's not one of the names that pops out at you. So, in other words, what it was was it was a good starter game that Huggins scheduled in order to... Well, I mean, okay, so let's look at that. Um, It's a good starter game if you don't know who Oakland is. Uh, You know, they, they played a team that... What was that? (laughs) <laughs> I think that was somebody outside. Yeah. They they, they played a team who was uh, second in rebounds in their conference the year before. So that's something we were going to struggle with. So it may be a strategic move to play someone that you think you can beat, but also would you know challenge your team in, in, in the rebounds and the boards. Possibly. I think the other thing that he was probably looking at is when we finished off last year, we were spanked by Syracuse in that 1-3-1. Oh, that's awful. And that's what... Buddy Bayheim. And that's what Oakland runs is a 1-3-1. So we kind of started out with a against a defense that we struggled immensely against at the end of last year. And for the first half, we looked bad, but I think uh, Huggins got him in there at the halftime and started... Uh, letting them know about the treadmill mentality and just how much they were going to have to be running if they didn't get things squared away. And it was enough to make the guys realize, hey, it's time to start playing. Well, I hope I never hear Buddy Bayheim's name again, ever, <laughs> if we're playing him anyway. Right. So, okay, some important players are not on the roster anymore, and it's not because of graduation. Right, it's they going left to the draft. Early. That's right. They left early or they transferred out. Right. Okay, so let's address... The key players lost, okay? So, first and foremost, let's go with forward Derek Culver. 6'10", 255. He left early. He did not get drafted. No. And right now he's playing for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. And that seems to be a Mad Ants. That seems to be a common thing that we're seeing here. We get some really good players, Huggins does. Yeah. And then they leave early every time and do not get drafted. Somebody... Really, uh, uh, the parents need to step in and go, listen, hear Coach Hugs out. Because you know Hugs is giving them the real deal. He's telling them, yep. you're probably not getting drafted. But they're listening to all these semi-professional, um, there's people that are feeding into their ears that are giving them very bad information. Sagaball Canate. Yes, exactly. But Derek Culver, you know, he left in what void did he leave behind? How about he averaged over 14 points a game uh, his junior year, um, had a block per game, 
But here's the big one. Uh, almost 10 boards a game. That's going to be the one that's hard to make up for with the the new guys coming in here. Uh, did he uh, Was he good on the three-point play? Nope. In his career, you know how many three-point shots he attempted in his career at West Virginia? Three seasons. I'm going to say 15. Two. Really? <laughs> he was 0 for 2. Wow. Yep. So, so here's the thing. We're going to do key players lost, and then we're going to decide who we think could probably fill that role best. I now, like it. We may have more than one. But uh, so Derek Culver is gone. Who's going to fill that spot? My pick, it could be one, two, or three different guys, but it's all going to pan out uh, in the end, I'm sure. But my top pick, Isaiah Cottrell. Now, Cottrell, he played in 10 games last year, towards Achilles. He was out for the rest of the year. Um, he's almost identical in size with Culver. Culver was 6'10, 255. Cottrell, 6'10, 245. Uh, much younger, so he's got plenty of time to put that extra 10 pounds on. So <clears throat> he didn't have many minutes last year, only averaging five and a half, uh, one and a half rebounds per game. Against Oakland, he had 16 minutes, but he only scored six points and got four boards. Now, last year he got hurt. Right. And he that's why, Achilles. yeah. So that's why he didn't get a lot of playing time, but he was in the system. Yeah. Where Kerrigan. I think is another possibility, but he doesn't have that year in the system with Huggins. Mm-hmm. So that's Cottrell has that advantage of already knowing what Huggins is expecting. Well, Isaiah Cottrell's got really good pedigree. He's a four-star out of Huntington Prep at St. Joe's, and I mean they're a nationally known program. So if he can't fill that role right away, who can? Well, they have two transfers who could do that. Um, you have Poly Polycap. A transfer from DePaul. He's a fifth-year senior, uh, 6'8", 235. He looks athletic enough, or it could be FIU transfer, DeMond Kerrigan. He's a big guy, 6'9", 230. Uh, So-so scoring for him, but he's big on blocks and rebounds. And uh, in limited time against Oakland, he had three blocks. Yeah, he led the team in in blocks, and then Osaboyan had had two. two. That's right. So I think... One of those three guys is going to fill that void left by Derek Culver, but I'm saying Isaiah Cottrell is going to be the front runner only because he's just as athletic and talented as Damon Kerrigan and Polly Polycap, but he's young. Yeah. So that means that he hasn't even come close to peaking yet. Now the thing with Derek Culver that frustrated me, Jerry, is he he looked great his sophomore season, and you're like he's going to be lights out next year. Junior season, he took a step back, and then his – no, that was his freshman year. His sophomore season, he took a step back. His junior year, he looked a little bit better than he did as a freshman, but not much better. Right. So it's like, okay, he's not going to get any better than what he is. And it, I don't know why you'd go to the NBA or try to go to the NBA if if you haven't made a big step towards being good enough to play professionally. Right. Well, and and the other thing that we both know is that when players come to West Virginia, if they have an outstanding season, they are recognized everywhere they go. And so I think that's some of the problem is that they start buying into the hype that the fan base gives them based off of just their play at West Virginia, not really compared to nationwide. And it's not just fans, it's media. Right. I think Pat Mahomes is suffering from that right now. Absolutely. So maybe I am that good, and now he's trying to do stuff that no one can do. Right. 
So that's Derek Culver. Um, another big one that we lost, and probably a lot bigger than Derek Culver, Miles McBride, uh, a.k.a. Deuce McBride, uh, point guard. He averaged 16 points a game last year, five assists per game, two C, uh, steals per game. Three-point shooting percentage, 42%. You know how many three-point shots he hit last year? 25. 111. See, I was close. 25, <laughs> 111. <laughs> Yeah, 111 three-point shots last year. It's wow. nuts. And then at the, at the charity stripe, 81.3%, which is good. Right. It's not spectacular, but it was one of the better percentages on our roster last year. Well, if you look at how we shot at the free throw line against I know, uh, Oakland. I know. He, yeah, that's where we're going to be hurting. Right. So who's going to fill that role vacated by Deuce McBride? In, in my eyes, it's Taz Sherman. It's an easy call. Yes. Taz Sherman, pretty close in, in size. Uh, Miles was 6'2", uh, Taz is 6'4". Um, last season, he averaged 13.5 points per game. His three-point shooting was 36%, not that far off than, you know, uh, Deuce was. Uh, against Oakland, 37 minutes, a uh, lot of playing time. Last season, he only averaged about 24.5 minutes per game. 37 minutes against Oakland, he had 18 points, five assists, three steals, Three of four from the charity strike, but three-point shooting, one for seven. Now, here's the upside. You know he can shoot better than that, and he will. So while it was a close game against Oakland, it's going to get better for our roster. It's going to be. I sure hope you're right. I, I'm at least for Taz. To, I can't speak about the rest of them, but Taz. I was going to say, we, we always laugh at our house, okay? And, and we love every West Virginia player, so I'm not knocking per se. It will sound that way, but I'm not. Last year, we would die laughing at Sean McNeil. <laughs> Mr. Shoot'em. Yeah. Because it seemed like every time he got in the game, he refused to pass the ball. It was going yep. to, he was shooting that ball. Yes. And he would miss 13 in a row and still be firing it up. So eventually, yes, one would fall, but I just, I, I worry that that's what we're going to see this year, uh, especially based off the Oakland game. We're going to see them throwing up shots that they're not high percentage shots. They're not going to get their feet set. <laughs> and we're going to be throwing up until we finally make one. We're going to throw up. Well, yeah. As a, yeah, as a fan base, we yeah. probably will. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a mistake on your verbiage there. Okay, so that's uh, Deuce McBride's departure. It's going to be Taz Sherman. Well, here's a question. So if Taz fills that role as your number one point guard, who's going to fill the role he left? So here's the deal. We have a uh, another transfer. He came from uh, Old Dominion. Malik Curry, uh, similar in size. He's a fifth-year senior. Now, against Oakland, he didn't play much. He's still trying to learn this new you know, team and, and the way they run things. Two points, uh, not great. But he's got potential because he was the leading scorer at Old Dominion, averaging 16 points a game, four assists, two steals per game. So he's going to be the number two point guard eventually. I mean, I guess you could say Sean McNeil is, but not really. I mean, yeah, McNeil's not a true point guard. He's a guard. He's not yeah, a point guard. Right. He's a shooting guard. So I think Malik Curry's going to fill that role as the number two point guard in uh, Tash Sherman's absence. So that's Malik Curry. Now, here's the one that I just didn't understand. Emmett Matthews. Emmett Matthews had, like, astounding games you're like wow he just took a huge step forward and then the next game he didn't do anything and yeah. you're like well he'll get better 
But he left. He transferred out. He went to uh, the Washington Huskies. Not sure why, um, but while he was playing, uh, 7.7 points per game, four rebounds. From the uh, free throw line, he was 77%. I, I, I didn't get that. Uh, I, I was surprised by that. It has to just be something that he wasn't comfortable with the team or the coaching staff. It's, I guess. It has to be something simple like that. I guess. So who's going to fill that role? Well, Emmett Matthews, 6'7", 215. I think Jalen Bridges is going to fill that role, 6'7", 215 also. Um, he had uh, an average of six points last season per game, three and a half rebounds per game, and he was all Big 12 freshman team. And uh, a West Virginia native. How about that? Fairmont. Played for the Polar Bears for Fairmont Senior. So uh, I think Jalen Bridges is going to take a big step forward this year. Well, he's a home he's a home state kid, and so we're rooting for him at least. We really hope that he has the year that we think he can. Right. So uh, Jordan McCabe, he transferred also. That's not a huge loss for me, but I was really excited whenever he committed to West Virginia. You, you go to YouTube. I mean, he was a YouTube star. Absolutely. The way he handled the ball, and I guess what Huggins was hoping for, he already had the ball handling skills down that he could run an offense, but he just never did. He never could do it. Right. So he left. He only averaged two points a game, one and a half assists per game. He never panned out. Well, so that's not a huge loss to me. It's not not only that, but look at what's happened to him at UNLV as he was suspended right. for the opening game for NCAA violations. Yep. So So that might have been a case where maybe he didn't choose to leave the team per se, as maybe there was something going on in the background and the coach said, Listen, you gotta go. Yeah, maybe so. So who's gonna fill that role vacated by Jordan McCabe? How about Seth Wilson? True freshman, 6'1", 215, out of Lorraine High School in Ohio. As a senior, hey, we're near the railroad tracks. So. <laughs> Not going to tell you what railroad it is, though. You're going to have to guess. So uh, as a, a senior in high school, Seth Wilson averaged 22 points per game, six rebounds, two steals, two assists. He is going to uh, probably be expected to fill that role as the third point guard. Right. And uh, so I'm excited about him. Now there's there's another there's another guy on the roster that may also be in the mix for that number three point guard spot, but here's the thing he grew a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Jamel King. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. It's Kobe Johnson. I'm sorry, Kobe Johnson. Kobe Johnson. Whenever he committed, he was six two, and he's now six six. It's just a small growth spurt. That's yeah, all. I would say so. Kobe Johnson may have to transfer him into a forward because you don't see many 6-6 point guards playing in college basketball. The train is right on top of us now. <laughs> yep, and I told you, I told we, you, Jerry, this was probably going to happen. Yeah, we were assuming that it was a possibility, and it's no longer a possibility but a reality. Yep, and uh, it's an Amtrak. That's yeah. what it is. It's an Amtrak train. <laughs> yeah, you live in West Virginia. There's tracks everywhere in your backyard even. So uh, let's go over the rest of this roster here. Uh, Damon Kerrigan, um, we just talked about him a little bit ago, uh, transfer from FIU. Um, Kedrian Johnson got some playing time against Oakland, but didn't really amount to anything. Uh, Jamel King, he's a, a freshman out of uh, Uniontown, Alabama. He's going to be uh, 
a forward, but he's going to have to put some weight on. He's six seven, but he only weighs a buck ninety. So he's going to have to get. He's going to have to fill out a little bit if he wants to. It's going to be time for, for the ball. It's going to be time for him to spend some time at McDonald's. I would say. And uh, Sean McNeil. Now this is the point guard we was talking about. He doesn't really. He, he doesn't run the offense at all. He's just out there whenever they want to start chucking threes. Right. So you may have. And that he does that straight very misses. Well. Yeah. But uh, so whenever we talk about it the next day, we're like, yeah, he had five threes last night. Well, how many miss? I don't know. 25. Well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. Senny Enjai, he had some playing time last season. He's a big bodied guy. He's the same size as Isaiah Cottrell, but uh, he's not as athletic. He's going to be more of kind of what uh, Osaboyan did last year. Osaboyan wasn't expected to score, but he was right. expected to do just about everything else. Uh, James Oconquo, he he's going to be really, really good. He came out of uh, England, 6'8", um, 230-pound freshman. And then you have Gabe Osaboyan. Gabe Osaboyan, last year, he was a guy that wouldn't really still show up in the stat sheet like being the team leader in anything, but he registered stats in just about every you know category and sometimes he registered in every category except scoring you know so but but he looked really good against oakland tuesday oh he was absolutely the difference in that game when when osaboyan was in the game we were plus 11 with him in there yeah we didn't have a single other player that was greater than plus four yeah so what kind of role does he play? Well, okay, we're plus 11 with him on the court. He only scored six. Yep. He does everything else. He blocks shots. He steals. Takes charges. He do- Yeah, how many charges did he take? He had five charges. Five. five. So he does all these things that you don't – it doesn't really come out at you until you see his entire statue, and you're like, man, he just does a little everything. So he's going to be very, very important. Polly Polly Cap, uh, we mentioned him. He uh, transferred in. From where did I say he was coming from? DePaul. That's right. He's a fifth year senior. Uh, Todd Sweet. He wasn't in much last year, uh, but when he was, you remembered because his name is Todd Sweet. Um, he's got to really grow. He's got. A, he's raw. He's a raw yeah. talent, but he'll grow. And then Seth Seth Wilson. Uh, we mentioned him as far as maybe taking over that spot that Jordan McCabe. We saw him a lot in last year. So uh, Bob Huggins back. Uh, he got his 901st win Tuesday, 311th as head coach of the Mountaineers. Uh, uh, assistant head coach uh, Ron Everhart and then assistants Larry Harrison and Eric Martin. So let me ask you this, Jerry. What would happen if if Bob Huggins retired this year? Who do you see filling that role? I have I have a guy in mind. I, I actually Aside like... Aside from Ron Everhart. I actually like Larry Harrison better than I do Ron. Okay. I really do. And I think that that would be a smooth transition. What about Joe Mazzola? I just... I don't know if we're going to go with somebody that doesn't have as that much experience. Because unlike our football program, our basketball program is pretty solid and carries some weight across the nation. Right. So we have an opportunity, I feel... To really get another big name, maybe a Shaka Smart kind of style. Okay, well, I I can see that. But let me play devil's advocate for Joe Mazzola, okay? 
Joe Mazzola, immediately after he was done playing, he went and started coaching. He was an assistant with three small schools in West Virginia, including Glenville State. Then he became head basketball coach at Fairmont State. Very successful, 2017 to 2019, very successful. And now he's an assistant with the Celtics. Right. He's only 33. So here's my here's my th- my angle. Okay. He he's a well known name in the state. Um, he's well known now because he's an NBA assistant and he's young. So I think the whole NBA angle and the fact that he's young is appealing to prospects. I, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I just I was just thinking from a administration standpoint would they be willing to go with somebody who's not proven in the college rankings uh, i got you and that's the only thing that's, he hasn't been the head right. coach at a division one really he hasn't been an assistant at division one right you know now he's been he's an assistant right now in the nba that's got to carry some that's got to hold some water now we, we just had a former player win his first collegiate game as a coach um Patty Beeline? No, no. Who? I can't remember his name now. Gee, I know, man. I'm having a blank. Yeah, let's cut that out, too. <laughs> no, I ain't cutting that out. We did. We had a player, and he was, I can't, oh, my goodness. I'm glad I you brought it up. Him. I can see him, like, playing his day. When did he play? But they gave him the game ball. When did he play? Saturday, or, or what? Uh, whatever, Tuesday. No, 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 no. When did he play? Oh, at Russ? West Virginia? Yeah. I have no clue. I don't follow players that close. <laughs> I'm a West Virginia fan by the state. Very not insightful, by, Jerry. Good not job. by the players. <laughs> Half the time I can't even tell you who the quarterback is. Oh well, I don't think I don't think that uh, our head coach could either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so uh, West Virginia, they've got Oakland out of the way. They're one and zero today. They're playing Pitt at eight thirty, and of course, by the time you hear this, that'll be an afterthought. Uh, next game's uh, Elon down in North Carolina. Then they're going to play either Ole Miss or Marquette. Then they're going to play St. Bonaventure, Temple, Boise State, or Clemson. And those uh, those matchups are going to be in a uh, 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 tournament down in South Carolina, Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. Eastern Kentucky, I don't know who this is, Bellarmine. And then Radford out of Virginia, uh, Connecticut. That's going to be a good one, UConn. That is, our, that is the only non-conference game that has any weight to it. What about Pitt? They're 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 terrible. Well, they lost to the Citadel. Well, we at almost home. we almost lost to Oakland. Connecticut is the only preseason team that is or preseason top twenty five team that we face right. out of conference. We have the biggest, pardon me, fans, the biggest joke of a non conference schedule I've ever seen in basketball. <laughs> We've always had solid preseason play. Right. We've been in tournaments. We're playing the big boys. For some reason, and the only thing I can think of is Hugs wants more practice time with these guys. And, and he a needs bit, a lot this year. Yeah. And so they're doing what, uh, what was it, Kansas? It was it was Kansas that did it last year. Yeah. They were worried about their roster, so they really cut back on their out-of-conference schedule. Yeah. It panned out. Yeah. Baylor won it, but the Kansas was there. Well, we were at the end. <laughs> we were in the Big 12 championship. Right. But, uh, yeah, Kansas had a pretty good year, as they usually do. And then, uh, so after UConn, the Golden State, or not Golden State, the Golden Flashes of Kent State, uh, UAB, and then Youngstown State. And all those 
lead up to um, Christmas break. And then we get into the Big 12 schedule on New Year's Day at noon. It's Texas at Texas. And then TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. And then we have our last out-of-conference game, and that's Arkansas. And that's that's in that uh, Big 12 SEC showdown or whatever they call it. SEC challenge. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma, and then TCU to round out our schedule. And that last game's on March the 5th. And then, of course, Big 12 tournament begins. So it's it's up in the air. Like you said, we have a soft out-of-conference schedule, which is great because he needs time to develop these guys before we get into Big 12 play. And, and he's got till January 1st to do that. Yeah. So, uh, well, it definitely pads. If, if you can win them, you know, then it's great. It pads your stats. If you can't, then you pretty much blew your opportunity at any tournament play right there at the beginning of the season by losing to a bunch of nobodies. So, it, it there's a, it's a little bit of a double edged sword. You have to be good enough to beat these mediocre teams that you're setting up. Well, hopefully we come out of this out of conference schedule with no more than two losses anyway. I'd be I honestly with what I'm looking at, I would be ashamed if we had more than one. Connecticut, I can honestly say that could be a loss. Hey, I'm telling you right now, remember this. Don't count out UAB. Don't count them out. What are they, the Dragons? Trailblazers. Trailblazers. But they have like a dragon logo. Right. So, so yeah, they don't even know who they are. Don't I do. No, I'm saying they don't. <laughs> they don't. They, they, the Trailblazers with a dragon on their helmet. Well, you could blaze a trail with fire. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to slay the dragon. and It's probably a better logo than someone holding like a machete or something. <laughs> or a mowing sigh or whatever. So, uh, yeah, he's going to have to have a lot of time to prepare these uh, younger guys for the Big 12 schedule because, man, I'm telling you, even the transfers, they don't know what they're in for right now. They, right. they don't. FIU, Old Dominion, and DePaul, get ready. <laughs> and then these uh, freshmen, there's going to be some guys that are freshmen that's going to get a considerable amount of playing time this year. So guys like Tash Sherman, Sean McNeil, Osaboyan, I'm telling you, Gabe has to have a big year. Well, he has to have a solid performance. The key is keeping him out of foul trouble yep that's our that's my biggest concern with him well here's here's my thing the biggest thing at west virginia this year is isaiah cottrell and his metamorphosis he's got to be some kind of force on the court by january 1st he's got to be you know he's got the talent he's got the pedigree he has the expectations, and they're probably bigger than the other two combined. He's also got the best hair. I think so. Yeah. I think I, so. I kept noticing that the other day when he was playing. I was like, dang, that guy's hair looks really cool, <laughs> you know? All right, so before we sign off, let's do what we call our WVU Blue Collar Awards. Heck yeah. Now, these are all preliminary. They haven't accomplished any of this yet. These are just who we feel should deserve it by the end of the season okay so of course with blue collar you got to think blue collar things okay so the hard hat award who's it going to be that's got to be gabe osaboyan i'm with you because the hard hat that means he's got it on that means he's ready to go to work well and he's going to need it if he keeps taking all those charges well yeah yeah he's going to get sore 
But yeah, if, if you need me to score two or four points a game, I'm your guy. You need me to get three or four rebounds? Sure. Blocks, charges, assists, I'll do it all. He's not going to shine on any one particular category, but he's going to make his presence known through all the categories. Absolutely. So how about Mr. Windex? Uh, let's go with Isaiah Cottrell. Or, yeah, Isaiah Cottrell or, or Gabe Osaboyan, one of the two. Uh, I, I gave Osaboyan the first one. I can't give him the second one. And it's, he's Mr. Windex because he cleans the glass. <laughs> he's up there getting the rebound, whether it's offensive or defensive rebound. We need a lot of work on that. So how about Mr. Lunch Pail, huh? the Lunch Pail Award? Because he's packing a lunch. He's going to be there a while. I'm telling you. Well, he's going I'm, to. I'm giving it to Sean McNeil because he's going to need that extra lunch for as much as he's going to shoot. That's got to. That's got to wear on you. <laughs> but but he's going to be there at the three point line, telling them, "Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me." The lunch pail award goes to Sean McNeil, and that's whether he has a guy directly on top of him, four guys on top of him. He don't care. Yeah, I, he did shoot. I will give him this. He did shoot the ball from Logan County. When he made that three-pointer the other night. That was from downtown. He was standing in the state of West Virginia Somewhere decal else. On, the, on the court. And it was about where Logan County was. Right. So, <laughs> that was impressive. From uptown. <laughs> okay, so how about the Gorilla Glue Award? Mr. Gorilla Glue, who is it? Let's go with Taz Sherman. Yes, because he keeps that team together. Also... You could say Osa Boyan kind of did that against Oakland. Yeah, Osa Boyan did a lot against yeah. Oakland. Yeah. So here's one that's undeniable, Mr. Step Ladder, because he's stepping it up. Let's go with Jalen Bridges. Absolutely. He's going to step in that role that Emmett Matthews left, and he his stats from last year are comparable to Emmett Matthews' already. So all he can do is go up from here. He's going to step it on up. And I've always been a big fan of his. I don't know what it is about him, but there's something that just draws you into his gameplay. I was ecstatic when I heard he committed. Yeah, I was ecstatic. Now, I knew that dude from Polka. I knew he wasn't going to commit. I knew he was going to Virginia. <laughs> I knew he was going to Virginia. Traitor. So, yep. So, that, well, that's our, uh, that's our podcast. That's our uh, preview, I guess, a late preview of the West Virginia men's basketball Mountaineers. Want to know... Playing Pitt tonight, but of course, by the time you hear this, they'll have already played. Shout out to New Zealand. How about New Zealand? I love them. Killing it. And the UK, they're on our list of countries now. So now we have been downloaded in 10 countries. If you want to get in touch with us, check out our Facebook page. Click the thing for the, uh, well, email. It's an email button. Just send us an email or uh, leave a post on our wall. And please, when you leave a post, don't don't leave us a post of your church service. <laughs> um, hey, listen, we're not con- we're, listen. We're not advocates uh, in this show of anything particular, uh, churches, school, blah blah blah, whatever. We are totally secular. We're non political. We're not anything. Okay, so uh, we're, it's not that we're not pro religion. Right. We it's are. not that we. This we shows don't like not. It. Right. This shows not. And it's not that we're anti religion. We're just. We're gray. Right. We just we want to keep our pages strictly about West Virginia. Politically, we're not even purple, okay? Right. We're, we're not even, we're not a color. So, yeah, just leave a post about something that we talked about in our podcast or whatever, comment, whatever, question, do it. And, uh, hey, we still haven't received our uh, thing from 
Ogilvy yet. We haven't got it. We haven't got our stuff from Cabela's yet. So hang in there, guys. We're getting it. You know, we only talked to him in early October, so we're we're praying that we get it. <laughs> well, I'm you know, listen, Herb up at Ogilvy, I'm sure he was swamped with getting the Ogilvy lights ready and stuff, which the lighting was November fourth, so. He should have plenty of time on his hands now, right? <laughs> he better, because he's going to hear from us. That's right. <laughs> All right, gang. So that's our podcast for this week, West Virginia Men's Basketball. Go Mountaineers. I'm James. I'm Jerry. Peace out. Tune us in next week.